Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Welcome to the Awesome MMA DFS Strategy Show right here at awesomeo.com. Of course, I am Jason Foy, as always, joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr., well, who's in the bubble there at the Mohegan Sun for Bellator 259 tomorrow night. Uh, Pete, how, how you doing there in the bubble? You, you survived the quarantine earlier this week. We were talking about that. So how you feel, bro? What's going on? What's up, everybody? Uh, it's glad, I'm, good. I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, it was interesting. It's been an experience for sure. Um, you know, being limited to your room for over 24 hours, uh, like damn near 36 hours uh, is interesting for sure. And then uh, just the entire dynamic with it. I- I'm actually extremely impressed with Bellator and you know, with the health protocols, safety protocols, everything here. It's just been, you know, it's been an awesome experience. And like some people could be dreading this. Like I'm such a fight nerd that I'm like loving every second. Like I'm like, you know, when we're doing the open workouts and we're sitting there hitting pads and I don't know, I just love this entire lifestyle and, uh, you know, happy to share with you guys and happy to be here. I'm glad that I'm able to make it tonight. 
Of course, uh, Pete will be there cornering Nate Andrews, who I, I believe is the last preliminary fight uh, taken on yeah. Syed Awad. So uh, you'll have to uh, tune in tomorrow night uh, over there on the Bellator YouTube channel to to see if you can hear Pete's voice, which I'm sure may come up you know at some point in that. But uh, Pete, before we get into Saturday's UFC Vegas number 27, let's kind of take a look back just briefly last week of where I mean I'll tell you, Pete, man, I, I get off to a, a rock and start. Yagos sweated out that first round, gets that submission in the second round, hit Andrea Lee. Pete, I'm feeling good at that point. I'm like, uh-huh. oh man, I, I've already hit my, my punt play. I've got a, you know, a big favorite on this one. And then just, man, had way too much Jamie Pickett. Uh, really went hardcore on, on Michael Chandler. That looked great in, in the first you know round of that fight. But uh, kind of what, what was your thoughts on last week's slate? My thoughts are when I take a week off, I really take a week off. And uh, if, if you were, you know, on a lot of my picks, it was it was tough. It was a tough week. I, I think it was just a weird slate in general. If you were listening to my dog and my, you know, my dog kind of, you know, moving around and, and, you know, getting a little antsy at times, then his record was a lot better than my record on the uh, on the strategy show for sure. So, uh, you know, I was happy to, to have Josh and Jason take the reins of that card because, you know, sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off and. Definitely not one of my best cards at all. But as, as far as the fights, I thought the – I wasn't able to go back and watch the full card, but I was able to watch, like, the highlights and stuff. And uh, Charles Oliveira came through for me. I was really happy with that. Uh, kind of like it, – it's like a perfect perfect way for him to win the belt, right? Like, kind of prove that he's not the same fighter to get broken or beaten, like, mentally within the octagon, for him to kind of overcome that adversity is something that he struggled with a lot early on in his UFC career. So I, I thought that was, like, a perfect way to, you know, claim the championship for sure. Um, outside of that, I thought it was just a weird night, man. Like, I sat there, I pulled up the tapology because, like, we were at the wedding and whatnot, and I was trying not to get yelled at. So I pulled up the tapology, and I'm looking, and I'm, like, doing double takes. I'm like, is this really, are these really the results? Because it was just such an odd night. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, I, I kind of felt bad. I was like, "Oh man, I hope Pete's staying off Twitter because this guy's trying to enjoy a <laughs> wedding." And there were some people just. Uh, let's just say they, it was it was a good teasing of like, "Hey, man, I think your dog did a little bit better than you with the picks." And, and listen, my dog did better than me with the picks. And you know, when I have an off night, I don't shy away from it. I'm telling you straight up, I had an off night. Everybody has a bad day. Um, I just, I guess, I did not have a good read on that card. Yeah, it's uh, of course. Uh, I had, you know you had been a little one up in me the past couple of weeks, so it was yeah. nice to kindly be back on the other side of that one. Of course, uh, we are here to break down UFC Vegas number twenty seven early start time on Saturday four p.m. Eastern time is the, the lock. Myself and Pete will be here on Saturday three p.m. Eastern time for live before lock. Of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube if you're not subscribed to Osmo. You gotta subscribe to the channel. We got content. For for you each and every day. Of course, uh, NHL playoffs in full swing has got the Lightning game on here. They're not doing too gr- too hot tonight. I thought about wearing a Lightning jersey, but with all these lights on me, it gets kind of hot. So I'm like, I can't go, go with the jersey <laughs> here. But uh, NBA going on as well. So And, of course, MLB going on. So we got shows for you each and every day. So be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when a new show 
is live here on the channel. But uh, let's get kicked off right here with the main event, Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. 8,300 for Rob Font, 7,900 for Cody Garbrandt. A little bit of a different story over on, on the FanDuel side of the equation here. $20 for Garbrandt, $18 for Rob Font. Yeah, I, I did a little double take on that one as well here. Um, you know, this is obviously, I think, you know, we talked about last week, the main event was a fight that you need to have roster just because of the fighting abilities, what those guys bring to the table. And, and I think that's the same situation here. I do like Rob Font in this matchup. I, I just think he's a more technical boxer. Um, you know, I, I think one of the questions I wonder is, does Cody become back to a little bit of that patient fighter that we saw against Dominic Cruz, which was by far the best performance we have seen in the octagon. But of course, we all know what's happened over the past couple of years, the, the losses of Dillashaw, the injuries he's had, of course, coming off that great knockout win last year. But one of the things about, I keep thinking about, I go, okay, what is Cody Garbrandt's path to victory here? Obviously, we've seen you know people take Rob down in the past, but Rob has worked his way back up. I really think leg kicks is a key for Cody Garbrandt. It's interesting, right? Like I, I'm fascinated with this matchup and the salaries make this like a must roster fight. It's a five round fight, of course. And you have two guys that are exciting strikers and, um, you know, bring, you know, dynamic striking, but also like power shots for, for the division. It's, it's quite interesting. Like Cody Garbrandt possesses some incredible power. Uh, Rob Font, more of a technician, but does have some good pop in his shots. And he's a very patient fighter. And, um, you know, has the better defense. So, like, in this stylistic matchup, if Cody gets hit, the likelihood of Cody kind of going into rage mode and, you know, going in there and and just trying to, you know, get that shot back. So, like, if Cody gets rocked, he immediately wants to rock his opponents, um, which then turns into a brawl. And if you do that against a technician like Rob Font, I think that he could end up, you know, getting knocked out and, uh, you know, but with all that being said, Cody Garbrandt, you know, put on a an incredible performance against Dominic Cruz, um, looked great in his previous outing against Rafael Sunsau, um, you know, mixing camp between Team Alpha Male and with Mark Henry. I think that, you know, they, they definitely have good strategy. Whenever you involve Mark Henry with, with your camp, you're going to have code words, you're going to have code names, code combinations, um, and just general strategy. Look at Frankie Edgar's career, and Mark Henry is a big part of that. Um but as far as the matchup, you know, just I, I do like Rob Font. And maybe it's a New England thing for me, but I also think that, you know, he, he makes less mistakes than Cody Garbrandt. Um, I think that Cody possesses defensive flaws, but there could be like an underlying chin issue now because he's taken so much damage within his career. And you can't really say the same about Rob Font. But regardless, you have to have this fight. I am leading Rob Font in the matchup, though. Can I get some love from a Tampa guy, Rob Font? I, I know in New England you like to take credit for him, but he is from Tampa, by the way. Yeah, I okay, he's from Tampa, yes, but, like, we've adopted him, okay? Like, you know, he's a Boston guy, we, we, we've adopted him, and, uh, you know, has a ton of success within New England in the regional scene, and, uh, you know, he's friends with a lot of the, a lot of my training partners, um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Tyson Chartier, like, you know, New England cartel, they've taken off, but uh, he's he reps New England despite being from Tampa. 
He does, he does. But me and him have had those conversations about his time uh, growing up here in Tampa. Of course, the one thing that does stick out to you about the tail of the tape of this fight yeah. is the reach advantage that Rob Font does have in this one, 71 inches, 65 inches. And I think you bring up a great point of, you know, if Cody Garbrandt gets into the brawl uh, or goes into that mentality, how much does, you know, do you trust that chin in that one? But to me, this is a fight that you got to have. Now, of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. And uh, let me throw out what the more or less significant strikes on this one is and a pretty big number here on both sides of the equation because Cody's not a volume guy 62 and a half for Cody Garbrandt more or less 62 and a half significant strikes for Cody I'm saying more I think this is going to go like you know into the later rounds I sent you that thing from Reddit this week about Basically, main events are either in the second round or going five rounds uh, this year, which I thought was an interesting stat. Rob Font on the other side, of course, you can see it there on the screen. 82 and a half significant strikes, more or less. I'm still saying more. I mean, like, uh, you know, the light, the, either one of these guys could get a finish over the other. But in the case that that doesn't happen, it could be a back and forth striking affair. And it could be, uh, you know, one for the ages. So I, I do like more on both sides. I tell you, yeah, if you're if you're going more on both sides, I think the mindset has to be this thing is going five rounds. If you think this one ends in under three, I, I think you just go double less on, on both of them. But yeah, if it goes five rounds, you got to imagine that they are both going to go more just because of both of their fighting styles. Now, while we talk about the striking in the main event, we got to talk about the grappling in the co-main event. Big matchup at 115 pounds between the former champion Carl Esparza and Jan Jainan. 8,600 for Jainan, 7,600 for Carl Esparza. And then over on FanDuel, 17 and 14, respectively, there. Uh, you know, and uh, Carla is a slight underdog in this one at plus 105 in the betting lines. I mean, look, if Carla's going to win, that means that she is scoring takedowns. But one of the things is she wears damage really bad. Yeah, it, that is true. I mean, uh, I, I feel like every time Carla Sparza is on, on the card, like everybody's always looking to target a fighter against her. Oh, you know, this fighter's going to finally, you know, get a win over Carla because all Carla does and all she knows how to do is just grind and wrestle. And she doesn't produce the best DFS performances sometimes. But, I mean, I, I think that she's going to be a staple within this division because wrestling is, you know, one of the most advantageous skills you can have in, inside the octagon. You can dictate where the fight takes place. Um, and, and she's like an okay striker. She's not good by any means. She will get outstruck by Zhao Nan 100%. Um, but I think that Carla Esparza is just a tough out for anybody. And especially if you don't have a true wrestling background, you're going to end up on the mat, end up getting controlled throughout. And uh, that's why I think that Carla Esparza is a pretty solid value play on the card, despite her, you know, posting some, you know, underwhelming totals, you know, in previous fights. This isn't an easy fight by any means, but I, I do think that she has these skills to get it done. And I think that uh, I'll have her a part of my underdog pool for sure. And when you look at three of her last four fights, she has scored at least four takedowns. Mm -hmm. Clement over in our Slack channel was asking you know, some questions about who's going to take down City. And, and I just wrote down potential candidates that could take their opponent to take down City. And it's definitely Carlos Barza here. But now if you look at the other side, the number that definitely sticks out to you, because she has taken on a striker here in Yan yeah. Jainan. 6.42 strikes landed per minute. Vice versa on the other side, 2.29 for Carlos Barza. But we all know if Carlos is winning, it's because she's able to get this fight to the ground. 
Yeah. So the one thing is, right, like whenever you're paired up against a wrestler, that volume is automatically going to decrease because you're going to be somewhat tentative because you don't want the wrestler to get underneath your shots. So you have to be a little bit more selective and a little bit more like a sniper out there. So I, I don't expect Zhao Nan's volume to remain the same. I don't think it's going to be a constant as it has in other fights um, because of the threat of the takedown, right? Like you don't want to bring your hips forward. You don't want to get overzealous and then end up getting put on your back. So if, you know, she can definitely win this fight if she has that sniper-like mindset from the outside. Within, when anytime she, she enters into Esparza's bubble, so to speak, she could get, you know, clinched. And anytime you get clinched, now your volume's not going to be there. And also the, the likelihood of you getting taken down is increased. Yeah, this is one of those fights that I'm really going to be looking at ownership projections in terms of where both of these fires will be at. Maybe see if I can get a little bit of a leverage on the field. Of course, uh, our ownership projections are a part of Awesome O Plus, and we have two promos running right now to take advantage of as today is the last day to get 25% off an Awesome Plus Platinum Monthly Pass if you are a new Platinum Pass subscriber. Upgrades from sports-specific packages are eligible for this discount. you got to use that promo code GOLDRUSH at checkout. You see it right there on the screen. That's one word to activate this deal, which gives you access to everything we have to offer for DFS. Also, we have a NBA play-in special running through Friday, tomorrow, May the 21st, which gives you two-week access to only for only $4.95 to our NBA Express Weekly Pass. That's two weeks of NBA Express Weekly for the price of one. We use a promo code PLAYIN at checkout. That's PLAY-IN at checkout. That's the great thing about our NBA Express Pass is that you get access to all of our tools for NBA Showdown and single-game contests, which include player projections and ownership projections. There will be massive prize pools for Showdown contests during the NBA playoffs, so make sure to take advantage of this one right now. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Awesomeo Plus today. I was taking advantage of those tools today as I was developing my lineup for the Showdown contest tonight, which I was... Yeah, knew that uh, I needed to get a little different, a little different in one game slate. I know your showdown is definitely a thing that you slide into because I definitely knew tonight was a, a situation where everyone's going to be on Russ and some bonus. So I did want to get a little bit different. Only went about 35% captain with Russ. So we'll see how that one plays off. Great game last night. If uh, I don't know if you were up mm-hmm. late watching that one with the Warriors and, and the Lakers. Great game there. Of course, uh, if you do have any questions on these fights, uh, hit them up right there in the YouTube chat. Also in our premium Slack account, we will get to those as we do go on. Let's move on next to a heavyweight matchup. We got Justin Taffa versus Jared Vandera. Vandera 7,200 on DraftKings, $10 on FanDuel. Justin Taffa on the other side, 9,000 on DK. Uh, $20 over on FanDuel. So it's a matchup that I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to be Justin Taffa backers here because of what they have seen from Ver- Jared Vandera, you know, in the UFC and, and some of those things on the regional scene. But Pete, the one thing that does concern me is if Jared Vandera can get in, in that top position on the ground, because that's what he does best is ground and pound. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm interested in this fight and I think that this is a very sneaky fight to target. There are plenty of fights on the card that I'm not prioritizing, but I feel like this is one of the fights that could wind up in the optimal lineup. I, I think that, you know, Jared Vandera uh, has that grappling path to victory, and he has that background um, training at Team Quest and Dan Henderson. 
So you would like for him to utilize his wrestling and try to get top position because in heavyweight MMA, anytime somebody's in top position, you know, it's very, very difficult for the bottom guy to get up um, so much weight, so much power, you know, from the top position. And you're talking about at his price point. That's definitely a way for him to kind of extremely pay off his salary. So uh, I think that's his path to victory. And he has mentioned in some interviews how he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he didn't really have a, a good showcase in his previous bout against Sergey Spivak, but Spivak's very talented. Um, and I will say that, you know, within this matchup, I he says that he wants to stand and strike for a while. I mean, he, he does enjoy striking, but against Justin Taffa, right? Like, I don't understand why you would welcome that because Justin Taffa is such a dynamic, well, I shouldn't say dynamic, such a powerful striker, um, throws bombs, and uh, has really good combinations and in the, his previous matchup against Carlos Felipe, he demonstrated a, a strong chin and mat, you know, and and you know, good, uh, you know, a good ability to, to overcome adversity. I mean, whether he wasn't able to see or got hit, hit with a big shot, he was able to still stick it out and end up winding up into a, a slug fight, a slugfest in uh, certain spots of that fight. So, um, I do like Justin Taffa because I think that Jared Vander is just going to be, you know, slow on the feet. Um, and he doesn't go to his takedowns so much like I would like, um, you know, I, I looked at some regional tape of his and if he was going out there clinching and using the clinch to his advantage, I would really enjoy it. But he kind of like, he allows his opponent to press him against the cage more often than not. And he has the wrestling background. So I don't understand why he allows that to happen. He gives up underhooks, um, against a big guy like Justin Taffa who hits like crazy. I do favor Justin Taffa. Um, but this is a fight, like I said, I will be prioritizing. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about fighters who could potentially take their opponent to take down City, you know, Jared Vendera's got to be one of those fighters that has to be in that pool to potentially think of here. He does have a massive reach advantage in this one, a six-inch reach advantage, 80 to 74 inches here. Um, you know, Justin Toffa, obviously, we, we've seen the potential power he has, but still very young in, in his mixed martial arts career. So I think that's, you know, something. But, I mean, look, it's heavyweight MMA. I mean, right. it, it could you could very easily you know these are always you know when i'm looking at heavyweight ma especially when we're talking about the DraftKings side of the equation potentially a finish in under 60 seconds at 25 point bonus which could be a huge bonus to to get you up on the field but um i you know look i'll have both i'll have shares of both these guys in my 20 max but a definitely concern about top of potentially getting taken down and then being down on the ground, of course. So if you do have any questions on the fights, uh, be sure to leave those in there. Of course, uh, maybe if you ever miss the show and you want to catch it in podcast form, check it out as a part of the Awesome Podcast Network. And be sure to leave a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or email address, and you will be eligible to win a free week of Awesome Plus Platinum. One winner will be awarded every Friday, and, eligibility and, and reviews are eligible to win up for one year. So be sure to check out our show right there on the Awesome Podcast Network. Of course, all the great shows we have here at awesomeo.com. Sam, we appreciate you checking in. Hopefully, uh, you can make it through the entire show there. I know he catches uh, the show a lot of times. And, and look, if you catch a show after a fact, you got a question for myself and Pete, you can leave it in Slack. You can leave it in the YouTube comments. I know uh, Pete does a really excellent job of, of getting in those YouTube comments and, and answering any questions that you do have in terms of that. Let's move on to the women's featherweight matchup. 
And that is Felicia Spencer taking on Norma Dumont. Uh, one of the questions we asked about fighters taking fights on short notice. This is one of those equations. Felicia Spencer was supposed to take on Danielle Wolf. Dumont now stepping in. Dumont's had the weigh-in issues trying to make at 135 pounds. So that's a, a little bit of a kind of a, a question mark in terms of you know, she tried to make weight, what, two weeks ago, I want to say, and, and, and couldn't make weight here. Felicia Spencer, you know, I, I think what primary people know her about most, Pete, is that she can take a beating. We saw what happened in Man Nunez. We saw her fight Invicta against Chris Cyborg. Not necessarily what you want to be known for, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that Felicia Spencer is extremely tough, and any time you hear somebody is extremely tough, that means that they've had to take a ton of damage or they've had to overcome a ton of adversity. And, uh, you know, it's good because you want to get experience and you want to get your feet feet wet. I mean, she has faced some of the top women in all of women's MMA. I mean, uh, Amanda Nunes, most recently, Chris Cyborg. Um, when she was in, in Invicta, she fought some tough competition as well. Uh, Megan Anderson, so, uh, you know, in the UFC. So it's like uh, she's fought a list of names. And I think that she possesses some skills within the division. And I think that she is very talented. Um, solid striking, comes forward, throws some sneaky elbows when, when her opponents come forward too much, you know, will look to head kicks as well, but her strong suit is her grappling and taking people's backs and, and just implementing, you know, relentless takedowns into suffocating jujitsu. So, uh, you know, this isn't an easy fight against Norman Dumont, who is stepping up on short notice. And anytime somebody's stepping up on short notice, that's an X factor because there's so many things you don't know about them. Have they been training? Have they not been training? Are they taking it for financial reasons? Are they taking it just to stay active? Um, are they prepared? Do you, who do you favor somebody with a full camp or somebody on a short notice? Um, more often than not at the UFC level, when the UFC comes calling to you, they, uh, a lot of fighters are staying ready throughout, like throughout the COVID era, a lot of fighters just kept training and everything. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's less about Norma Dumont taking it on short notice and more about the matchup. I think that she has skills. I think that she throws excellent hand combinations, you know, good punches. Um, she put on a, a heck of a performance against uh, Ashley Evan Smith her, her last time out. But, um, you know, she has good jujitsu as well. I just think that in this matchup, despite her, her struggles to make weight at the lower weight class, and now she's fighting Felicia Spencer at featherweight, I think that she could still be undersized and just kind of just like, I don't know, outmatched in all areas. Uh, I, I think that she's an interesting underdog, but I do favor Felicia Spencer in the matchup still. The price is okay. Um, I wish she was a little cheaper, but I, I do like Felicia Spencer quite a bit. Mentioned this quote uh, from an MMA fighting story this week from Nora Dumont, where she uh, talked about how she hasn't returned to Brazil since her canceled fight there back mm. back in April, and she said, "quote Actually, the UFC paid part of my purse up front. They also wanted me to stay here, so that helped me out a lot. Our gym in Brazil was closed up until last week, so we don't have money coming in." That's also yeah. one of the reasons why we took this fight on short notice. We think it's a good fight because of her name and the fact that I'm always well-trained and we needed the money. So I said, let's go. I'll what I say? What did I say? Didn't I say financial reason? And I, I did not even know that. Um, it's, I mean, that's why we fight, right? Like we want to all make big bucks, make, we want to make Connor money. That's the goal. Um, but you also have to be strategic with your career but i i do think that in women's mma you have a little bit more slack because of the depth within the divisions 
Um, I think that she's doing the UFC a favor, which is, which is good. You always want to be in the UFC's good graces. So it's kind of a win-win for her. If she's going in there and she can pick up a W over her name of Felicia Spencer. That's, that's a feather in her cap. If not, she falls short. Well, guess what? It's Felicia Spencer who's fought two of the tough, toughest fighters in all of women's MMA. It was never finished by Amanda Nunez or Chris Cyborg. So nothing to really hang your head at, but it's Felicia Spencer for me, Jason. Yeah, I think she's definitely the right side to play in here. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. With Monkey Knife Fight, you are in charge. Sign up today at monkeyknifefight.com. Get an instant first match deposit when you sign up using the promo code AWESOMO and get up to $50 instant first match deposit. And looking at the more or less significant strikes on this one, this one kind of stuck out to me as well. Felicia Spencer, 62 and a half. Norma Dumont, 55 and a half. I think that's a, that's a pretty high number on both yeah. of these. This, this might be a, le- a double less for me in this one. I think it's a double less for me because I think that Felicia Spencer will strike at moments, but Norma Dumont is dangerous in striking exchanges. Now, she does have good jiu-jitsu as well, but I think that Felicia Spencer's size and her wrestling should give her the advantage there. So I think that's where... A lot of clinching happens. I think that's where takedowns happen, which does minimize output for striking. Yeah, and of course, uh, be sure to use that promo code AWESOMO, instant first match deposit, up to $100. You got to play over there at Monkey Knife Fight. Let's move on to the next matchup. We've got Dvorak and Paiva. Dvorak, 8,800. Paiva, 7,400. 18 and 12, respectively, over on FanDuel. And I know when me and Pete were talking earlier this afternoon, this is one of these underdog spots that's got your eye. Yeah, you know, I mean, the division isn't my favorite for DFS. I mean, like, you know, the flyweight division is typically, like, you know, not the best, not the best boom for uh, for DFS. But, I, I, you know, anytime that there's an interesting underdog, especially with a high skill set, I'm intrigued. Now, I think that both of these fighters are well-matched, and it's going to be a back-and-forth contest because David Dvorak and Holly and Paiva are somewhat mirror images in some some aspects. Solid striking, uh, decent ground skills, so I think that it could be just who implements their game better that night. Now, I do think that Holly and Paiva is a very, very interesting underdog because of that power he possesses and within a division that somewhat lacks it. Um, you know, they both have like sneaky finishing ability Dvorak on the regional scene, you know, has submissions and TKOs and Holly and Piva shown like solid power. But I think that Holly and Piva is one of the most interesting flyweights out there. And he has fought some tough competition. Um, I think of that Kai Car France fight a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I am backing the UFC vet, if you will. I, I think that he's able to go out there and, maybe win some scrambles or just chip away and get some rounds in his favor. So I will slightly edge Holly and Paiva, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to go out there and knock out David Dvorak because of that crazy power in that right hand of his. You know, I think uh, in terms of a concern with Dvorak is we, you know, you look at what he's done so far in the UFC, mm-hmm. you know, high 60s in terms of total strikes instead of a strikes land. So I think that's got to be a little bit of concern. There's no takedowns, no knockdowns. This thing goes 15 minutes. Likely not, you know, I can't see how you're awful in that situation at 8,800. So uh, this is one of those fights that uh, I definitely will be looking at a little bit of the underdog there. Uh, I want to mention a question from Nick on, on the last fight. He says, uh, does Spencer versus Dumont go decision. I would say you've got about a 6% chance it goes decision. 
Yeah, I mean, typically, right? Like it's, uh, you know, in women's MMA, it tends to go the distance more often than not. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion that Felicia Spencer is able to get a finish, though. Like, uh, you know, it's a, it's like a 30% chance that she gets a, gets a finish, and I think that's fair. Um, you know, more often than not, she'll win rounds. But I think if it does, the finish does happen, it happens on the ground, whether it's from a TKO or um, – you know, via submission. I just think that she's just going to be the most, much more physically imposing fighter out there. And I think it's going to be a tough out for uh, Norma Dumont. Earlier, I was mentioning about the promos that we got going on over at Osmo.com. If you just want to get a peek of what those ownership projections look like, we do have have had free content all day over at Osmo.com with that free content being the NBA player projections, NHL main slate top sacks, and the MLB main slate ownership projections. So if you want to kind of see what you get behind the paywall, that's a great way to kind of see. And, of course, be sure to take advantage of those promos we got going on over there. Next up, we got a matchup that was supposed to take place a couple of weeks ago. However, did not take place due to COVID. That's Jack Hermanson and Edmund Shabazian. This is, uh, when this was initially booked, Pete, it was a little bit of, of a weird matchmaking. I want to say it was Brett Okamoto or, or somebody at ESPN. I saw this like a week ago. They were talking about the, the fight booking that apparently Shabazian was offered multiple opponents, ranked and unranked. He chose Hermanson, which I thought was kind of interesting because what concerns me if I'm in the Shabazian camp is Hermanson using grappling to get the fight to the ground. Now, yeah. I think I think Shabazian is a better striker. However, I've got questions on takedown defense and I got questions on cardio. 100%. Yeah, I mean, hit the nail on the head, right? Like Shabazian just outclassed and outworked from Derek Brunson. Now is looking to rebound against another solid if not more threatening grappler in, uh, you know, Jack Hermanson. So I'm intrigued with the decision. But if you look at Jack Hermanson's losses, he's been TKO'd. And I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, find a fighter that they can they can crack with a hard shot and uh, force their, you know, their way out of the fight. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because, like, Emma Shabazian is an early-round finisher, Early within rounds one and two is where he's extremely dangerous. But the longer the fight goes on, you have to worry about that cardio. We, we saw it in the Brunson fight. We saw the grappling questions. And, uh, you know, I, I think the stock of Shabazian definitely decreased following the Brunson fight. I mean, how could it not? You had an, an incredible prospect who was just completely exposed on a national level by, um, I don't want to call Brunson a journeyman, uh, by any means, but I guess a, a UFC veteran who um, his some of his better days were behind him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were counting out Brunson in the matchup. And I thought that Shabazian could go out there and put him away. Um, but I, I will say that this is a very intriguing fight. And I think it might be a part of the optimal because of just the volatility of both sides. Um, I do like Jack Hermanson in the belt because of the grappling and that he's just an adequate striker that can kind of get by, avoid some big shots, clinch Shabazian, trip him down. And if he gets him down, the ground and pound is relentless. The submission game is incredible. Um, I, I like Hermanson quite a bit. 
For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor, because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. But Shabazian is one of the most talented underdogs on the entire slate, so how could you not have some exposure to Shabazian? He could go out there and just put Hermanson's lights out early and uh, be a part of that early Francis Ngannou bonus. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the things when you look at the price points on this one, 8900 and 7300 over on DraftKings. So you know, look at Shabazian, you know, the one, I mean, look, the question you have here is this is a, a fighter who's still very young in his career, a very developing fighter. He was given the right matchups, you know, leading up to this. And then when he got that knockout over Brad Tavares, that really progressed things pretty quickly to get that top 10 opponent because Brad Tavares, you know, that that's kind of like a, a state of, okay, are you a top 10 fighter or not? Um, but, I mean, taking down four times in his last fight, you have to imagine Hermanson. That's got to be part of the game plan. What does concern me was uh, Hermanson and COVID coming back this quickly. Could we see any issues there? Um, this is one of those things that, like, in my 20 max, I'm going to be sprinkling in yeah. Edmund Shabazian. You know, it's one of those things that I, I don't want to get too much Edmund Shabazian because I, I think sometimes when we're, we're building those lineups, you know, when you can squeeze in that 7,300 fighter, it really opens up other things they potentially want to do because, you know, when I start, first started looking at the DraftKings salaries, I was like, man, I think this is a middle-range type week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. And uh, as a fighter that's also had COVID, um, not leading up to a bout, but had COVID and has been training throughout the, the entire pandemic, I did notice a difference with my cardio early on. So um, it all comes down to how Hermanson – is right now um i don't like the fact that he popped for covid um you know when i when i had covid and then i ended up still training i felt fine after it's just like you feel like a blockage in your lungs jason where it's kind of like your your breathing's impeded you feel like no matter what you do you just can't get like a full capacity out of your lungs or a full expansion of your lungs um it was very weird but I'm good now. And I think the longer, you know, the longer that you are from COVID exposure or whatnot, you will be okay. But that's obviously something I don't like hearing when we're talking about breaking down a fight, because when I look at Hermanson's body and in the photo shoot and everything, he looks incredible, Jason. He looks chiseled from stone. Mm -hmm. But the cardio questions surrounding COVID are definitely an X factor here. And, uh, if he goes out there a little too aggressive in round one, you could be looking at a nice price on Shabazian who comes through. 
Yeah, also, Shabazin gets off to a great start. Could be a great live betting potential uh, for Jack Hermanson, which is something you got to pay attention to. Of course, you can always check out the odds over there at Odd Shopper. Of course, one of the things that uh, Pete and I both love to see after the fights are over are those winning lineups. And, of course, you want to get into that Awesome-O Hall of Fame, download that Awesome-O profile pick at awesome slash avatar. Tweet your wins to at awesome-o-h-o-f. Win a free month of Also Plus platinum of course uh to take a part of that you do got to finish in the top three of a contest with over five thousand entries peter hanley taking down an nba contest with him kudos to him love love the caption on twitter can the real slim shady please stand up as uh takes down the nba there over in fanduel also nick what he was able to do on nba as well uh finishing in second place there with that lineup last night uh, of course great game there between the lakers and the Warriors also, congratulations to Jonathan, what he was able to do there in the piggy bank over on DraftKings. Also, uh, Matt Barnett taking down first place in the MLB Keystone competition there. And ABZ taking down a NHL contest as well. So congratulations there. Of course, always love to see those and be sure to rock that awesome avatar on your DFS profile. Pete, let's move on to the next matchup on this card. That'll be Bill Algeo and Ricardo Ramos. This is one that has got my eye. And uh, look, Bill Algeo is a guy that on the regional scene, he fought anyone. This is not someone who shied away from competition. And the one thing you do love about him is the volume you see in there. 6.8. Eight strikes landed per minute of fighting in the UFC. Yeah, small sample size, but uh, we do like what we've seen from Bill Algeo on the regional scene. You know, he's had a very tough strength of schedule from Ring of Combat to CFFC, even in the UFC. I mean, taking on Ricardo Lamas and it's Spike Carlisle. I mean, two strong guys, you know, both. I'll say Ricardo Lamas is extremely well-rounded. Spike Carlisle, more of a, a grappler and explosive striker, but, uh, I like what I've seen from Bill Algio, and I know that, you know, from watching him on the regional scene, seeing how he's done against tough competition, he's a gamer, man. Like, he's he's there from bell to bell. Um, and I, I like him in this matchup against uh, Ricardo Ramos. And uh, I think that, um, you know, this could be a nice spot for Bill Algio because he can match the, the grappling of Ricardo. Um, you know, Bill Algio is a black belt himself, but he's a – He's a very, very aggressive striker, well-rounded individual. Um, I just like Bill Algio. I think that he's paid his dues on the regional scene. And, uh, you know, we have seen Ricardo, you know, somewhat get put out, you know, in fights and get finished because, uh, you know, whenever you're, you're able to impose your will on him, not saying that he breaks in some spots, but I think that Bill Algio can have success in multiple areas. So uh, I'm favoring Bill Algio quite a bit here. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Uh, I like his price both on DraftKings and FanDuel. I think he's a little bit of a sneaky play over there on SuperDraft uh, at that captain spot of 1.95. Could be a little uh, under the radar play there. Really like that price on, on FanDuel, $16. But 8500 on DraftKings is a good one. You know, The only concern you potentially have with him is that if the stoppage doesn't come and, and he's going to have to land a ton of volume to be yeah. a score there. But I, I do like him in this position. Uh, next 
Next up, we got a heavyweight matchup, a matchup that's a late replacement as uh, it's now the third opponent for Ben Rothwell as he is now taking on Chris Barnett, who took the fight uh, at the end, I want to say end of last week. Uh, 9,200 for, uh, for Ben Rothwell, 7,000 for Chris Barnett. I am very familiar with Chris Barnett. He made his way through the Tampa regional scene, uh, a fan favorite. Uh, if you watched the, the XFC back in the day on, on uh, HD net, when it was HD net, he was a guy, uh, f- super athletic cartwheels and, and everything that he can do. Uh, I would say I was a little surprised to see him get in the UFC just kind of based on what it's been here. Um, I'm interested to see what he looks like on the scale tomorrow. This is a guy that, um, you know, has fought at well over 300 pounds. And, you know, that to me is going to be a, an interesting situation here. Uh, ben Rothwell, you got to pay up for it. Uh, I mean, look, you know, this is not the Ben Rothwell five years ago. Yeah. But he still, to me, should win this fight. Yeah. I mean, are we confident this fight even happens, Jason? I, I don't know. As of right now, we have to break it down. I, I don't know if, uh, you, you know, uh, I don't know if he can make weight. So we'll have to see. You brought that up to me on, the, on a phone call. We'll have to see. But, uh, you know, you're in the UFC. Your strength of schedule outside the UFC is somewhat questionable. Um, you know, you're an, ex- you're an exciting guy for sure. But uh, now you're facing a staple within heavyweight MMA, and that's Ben Rothwell, who's an aging veteran. So perhaps the aging part can help you in a situation like this if you're able to kind of be that younger, uh, more aggressive, more imposing fighter within the octagon and just use your youth to your advantage. And uh, I think that's where he could win this fight by, you know, just backing Rothwell up with good luck because Rothwell is just a, a mammoth of a human being. And, uh, you know, Rothwell's just been weird lately. Like his performances have been strange, not the best DFS guy um, as of late, but early on in the UFC, you see that he's dynamic. He can press opponents against the cage. He can get sneaky knockouts. He has a sneaky submission game as well. I do favor Ben Rothwell, but you know, you always say time is undefeated. So, uh, you know, father time time. is undefeated when we'll have to see, we'll have to see. I mean, you don't know how a fighter is affected by father time until we see a poor performance. And, uh, you know, it's very tough. You, it, sometimes you want to be, a fight early rather than a fight late. So uh, perhaps you want to target the underdog here. I don't hate it. It is heavyweight MMA. Could land a big shot. He's an exciting guy. Throws from odd angles. But uh, as far as like recommendations, I still have to side with Ben Rothwell. Just look at last week. Jack Ray Souza. Right. I mean, look at Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. So the Tony Ferguson one, I understand. Jack Ray Souza, very, very old now, but one of the best grapplers of all time. The fact that he was submitted just goes to show you that every dog has its day. And, uh, you know, that, you know, crazier things have happened in MMA and crazy things will continue to happen in MMA. That's why it's the, the craziest sport of them all. I mean, like upsets happen more often in this sport than anything. Yeah, it, it was a, a crazy stat that I saw just on Tony Ferguson, just of, of how much he's been controlled, which, yeah, God, I, Habib would have smashed him. After yep. what we've seen the last two fights, there is not a doubt in my mind. Hindsight's twenty twenty, huh? Be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we see these and we see the path to victory, and it's like, oh my gosh! Like, I, I was, I was Team Habib. I, I don't know what you were, but I was always Team Habib. Uh, look, I thought Ferguson would give him a big run for his money. 
Uh, clearly, I was wrong. Clearly, I was wrong. The one thing that I think we could have all overrated is his jujitsu. Like his his darses are incredible, but um, we always worried about you know like Habib getting caught in something or Tony Ferguson Tony Ferguson just being able to scramble into a submission from some odd position, and uh, perhaps we overrated that that skill. By the way, uh, of course, uh, we're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Do want to mention the more or less significant strikes in this Rothwell and Barnett fight? Sixty-five and a half had been Rothwell for Chris Barnett. Thirty-one and a half. Yeah, it's probably MMA. It's, it's heavyweight MMA, though. I know. I'm probably going over on the Barnett just because, like, thirties. I don't know. What's he going to do? What's he? What's he going to do to win the fight? Okay, but here, here's got to be the other question about it. With Chris Barnett taking this fight on short notice, is he just going to go for it all in the first round? And maybe that's where you got to be looking at the less on both sides of this one. Okay. He throws 15. Say it goes the distance. He throws 15 per round. Okay. I know. That's, I know. That's, I'm with that's you. not bad. That's not bad. I, I'm 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 with the over on that and the under on Ben Rothwell. I mean, Ben Rothwell will probably throw, you know, 65 head movements, and that's that's about it. I don't know if like he's such an awkward fighter. I don't know if he'll really throw 65 actual strikes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think from the if you want to go more on the Barnett side, you gotta you gotta be hoping that the fight hits late second round. Uh, early yeah, yeah, 100. Anytime we're targeting these more or less, you have to take into consideration number one rule. Is the fight finishing early or is the fight going the distance? And then once you once you determine that outcome, that's where you can really kind of like plant your flag on the side of the more or less. Because uh, if you think fights are getting finished, then you should be taking the less on a lot of these. You know, the smoking pug brings it up. There's been a lot of underdogs coming in. That's definitely part of what we got to think about as we're developing our DFS lineups. Of course, uh, when you want, when you do become a also plus member, you do get access to our premium Slack account, which is a great tool to sit there and talk to everyone here at Awesome or all, and also talk to our community about uh, how everyone is feeling about their lineups. So that's a great perk we have over there when you're Awesome plus member. Let's move on. We got uh, still a couple more fights here left to go. We got Court McGee versus Claudio. Silva, Pete's favorite fight of the night, 8,200 versus 8,000. As Claudio Silva is your 8,200. Court McGee over at 8,000. This is one of those fights that I keep going back on whether or not I think this could end up optimal because of its salary. I But I, I keep thinking no just because I feel like this is going 15 minutes. It's, it's a weird spot, right? Because, uh, you know, we think of Court McGee of being this grinder, this tough striker who, you know, has a decent wrestling skill set, good defensive wrestling for the most part, and just uh, just a tough fighter for sure and uh, has definitely earned his stripes. But as of lately, his his recent stretch has not been good at all. Like he has not been he has not been good and he has fought some legitimate competition. So I can't really knock him for that. It's just like, you know. We, we, we mentioned it. It's father time gets us all. And uh, it's not so much about age as it is about miles on the body. And I do think that he has so many miles on the body that perhaps it's starting to catch up with him. Um, perhaps it's just getting complacent. And I think that complacency is huge within MMA. And that's why you do see fighters making changes or just, you know, camp switches a lot because uh, the worst thing a fighter can be is complacent because you always have to be pushing yourself. You always have to be putting yourself, 
you know, uh, in discomfort, you know, going outside of your comfort zone is how you grow and how you will continue to expand your knowledge within MMA. And, uh, if you're kind of sticking with the same people that you're comfortable with, who they're not really pushing you in sparring or grappling, that's where you could go through these little, uh, peaks and valleys in MMA. Um, but with all that being said, I still favor Claudio Silva. I just think that, uh, He's been better as of, as of late. Um, I think that he has the grappling to make things interesting. I didn't think his striking looked all that bad against James Krause. I mean, like it's not nearly, it's not good, but it's, it's adequate enough. And I I think that he just, uh, I don't know. He kind of seems like he wants it a little bit more than court McGee does at this stage of the game. The last time court McGee won a fight by stop. Are you ready for this crazy stat? Yeah. Hold on. 2008. 2010. Damn, I was close. I said versus Ryan Jensen. I said 2008 because that's when I graduated high school. So yeah, uh, I just I was just throwing it out there, and that's pretty crazy. How about this one? Okay. 14 of his last 15 fights have gone the distance, and that that's a testament to his toughness, right? That's a testament to his toughness and his cardio. I mean, he's a gamer. He always has been. He's come from a strong, a strong camp of uh, you know good like a good mentality. Um, I don't really know what his training schedule is going on lately, but I still think that Claudio Silva is going to be able to do enough. If Claudio Silva gets court McGee down, I think things could get pretty ugly pretty quickly for him though. I know he does a lot of uh, coaching out there in in Utah with the up and coming fighters, but I mean, look, if court can keep this fight on the feet, there could be a decent, we, we've seen his last two fights, a ton of volume laying over a hundred strikes in each of his last two fights. But mm-hmm. the key is he, he, he just cannot make this a grappling fight in this one. If not, if he does, I do think he's in trouble. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money. This football season, test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players Pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really feel like I'm going to prioritize this fight, but each week, that 8,208,000 fight is, is extremely appealing because of the flexibility allows for the rest of your roster and also, you know, how they don't have to score so much points within that salary range to really come through and, uh, you know, uh, just perform in that salary. 
Uh, next up, we have got Bruno Silva taking on Victor Rodriguez. Bruno Silva, one of the most expensive fighters this week, 9300 Victor Rodriguez, 6900 over on FanDuel, $22 for Bruno, $9 for Rodriguez. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on this one? High price tag to pay here for Bruno Silva. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's justified, though, because I think Bruno Silva comes from a very strong camp. Uh, I think that he has the advantage in all departments. Uh, I think that he's the better striker. I think he's a better grappler, wrestler. He has it all. And uh, I think a lot of people that were doubting Silva in the previous fight ha- are now kind of like Silva backers. Like, wow, he looked really, really good. And uh, he's proven us that he's he's talented within the division for sure. And I'm not really sure. If, I'm not really sold on his opponent. Um, I don't really know if he's UFC level. But if you're looking for a long shot play for a fighter that, throws with extreme power and is extremely reckless and could land, you know, one shot and put somebody out and has that puncher's chance, then I definitely think you could look at his opponent as the underdog. Um, but I mean, 9,300, I'm okay with that for Bruno Silva. It's not my favorite salary for my, for, for the flyweights. Um, you know, I, I don't really like prioritizing, that weight class, but I still have to think that Silva is an excellent play, and I'll be having plenty of shares. Of course, uh, when we get through these final three fights, we will answer any question you have. Samuel, I'll see you there in the super chat. We'll get to those. Of course, we'll give our straight up fight picks as well. Uh, so we got Josh and Shailene here. Ninety one hundred for Josh, seventy one hundred for Shailene. Uh, Shailene making his UFC debut here. Yeah, interesting fight, right? Um, the price tag on uh, Kulabau is that yeah it's Kulabau. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think that um, the price is a little outrageous, but he did look good in his previous bout, and um, you know hasn't had success in the UFC yet. But we've also seen moments where he's shown ex- you know impressive skill. So at one point, the skill will start to result in wins. You would like to think, um, you know. This fight's a tricky fight, man, because his opponent definitely has a grappling avenue for having success. He needs to look for takedowns and implementing control and, and winning rounds um, by by going through his wrestling. But, uh, you know, I do still think that Kulabau gets done. It's just a hefty price tag, man. I, I don't know if I can get behind that price tag, but I will have him in some lineups just because I do think he comes out victorious. Uh, next up, we got Yancey Medeiros and Demir Hadrovic. Medeiros, 7,800, 8,400 for Hadrovic. This is one that I am looking at as well here, Pete. Uh, Yancey Medeiros has got a, a, a reach advantage in this one, a, very much of a striking aspect. He's one of those under 8,000 fighters I am looking at because of his striking ability. Yeah, I, I do like Yancey Medeiros. Um, now, I think that this is an extremely volatile fight. I think that, you know, if you look at the fight, that neither one of these guys have been, you know, reliable. They, you know, they've both dropped fights. They've both been finished. Um, but I do think the length of Yancey Medeiros, the cardio, the grappling in his back pocket, despite being exposed in that area, I think that he will have the advantage in the grappling. Um, and the vol- I mean, I feel like a lot of people will be backing Hadzovic here. But I can't do it. I don't know. I I look at him and I've seen what he's kind of just materialized in UFC. And it's like, he doesn't check as many boxes as I was once hoping. 
and he's been somewhat underwhelming. And I know that Yancey Medeiros is a liability of getting rocked and finished, but I still like Yancey Medeiros, especially as a value play. But uh, mark this one as one of the most volatile matchups on the entire slate. The Demir, the opening fight, I think, is a, is the Demir that everyone's got their eyes yeah. on. Uh, Ismail Gulov, 9,500, taking on Rafael Alves, 6,700. The question is, is man, 9,500, that is a huge price tag. At that price tag, you got to be getting me 100-plus points. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that both Demirs will be decently popular because you see Yancey getting finished a lot, but this, this Demir, the good Demir, well, the good Demir, I feel bad saying that. But Ismagulov is definitely an exciting fighter within the division. And at that price range, it, it does make things difficult. But his opponent has been finished um, in multiple occasions. I want to see him make weight this time around. I know that he had some complications surrounding that in his first attempt. Um, but missing weight by one of the most historic misses I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know. I, I think that Alves is uh, is is very tough. I think that he's a good striker. I think that he has submission skills. I just think that this is almost the UFC saying, you really screwed us last time around. We're pairing you up against Ismagulov because you put us in a horrible spot. And it's almost like a, a lesson, you know, and people can not agree with that or not think that, that that's how this business works. But let me tell you, this business works like this. Um, and I think that Ismagulov is justified at his salary. Um, the only thing is just the, the production doesn't match it. And uh, I still think that it could. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a no for me, but it, just, it does make uh, lineup construction a little difficult. Samuel, I will not go heavy on the first fight, and it's just the price point. I, I you know, yeah. I, the ninety five hundred price point is because then we are talking about then you're having to go down to that under seventy three hundred range. I feel like if you're putting Uzmagulov in your lineup, you're probably going to have a lot. You're gonna your guy you're gonna turn to is Edmund Shabazian. Yeah. But I mean, look, the first fight of the night has been optimal more times than not over the past. I mean, I, I had Yagos last week, but boy, after that first. Round, I was not feeling good because Sean Soriano, man, was, was piecing him apart and he was looking good, but they got that submission there uh, in the second round. Of course, uh, be sure to uh, hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Of course, uh, if you are not subscribed to also right here on YouTube, you got to do that. Got a ton of great shows for you each and every day to get you ready for all the playoff action that we have going on right now. Also, be sure to hit that notification bell so you know when a show is live here on the channel. Pete, let's before we get into some questions. Questions here, of course, start lining those questions up uh, uh, in the YouTube chat. So let's go down our straight up fight picks. These are not DFS related. Let's start with the main event. I, I think we're both going to agree on this one. Uh, give me Rob Fawn against Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, Rob Fawn. Jan Janan versus Carla Esparza. Esparza. I will go with the favorite, Jan Janan. I think she does enough to keep the fight on the feet. Wow. Uh, okay. Justin Taffa and Jared Vandera. Going Taffa. I will go Taffa as well. Uh, give me Felicia Spencer against Norman Dumont. Same. Felicia Spencer. David Dvorak versus Julian Paiva. Holly and Paiva for me. I will go. I will agree with you there. Jack Hermanson, Edmund Shabazian. Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm going Hermanson, though. It's a tough one for me as well. I just feel more confident Hermanson right now. 
than I yes. do Shabazz. And just because I've got, I just have question marks on Shabazz. Uh, Ricardo Hamos and Bill Algio. I will go Bill Algio. Algio for me as well. El Signo Perfecto would be the nickname yeah. there. He's got a he's got a great nickname. Yeah, he does. Great, fun fire to watch fight. Uh, give me Ben Rothwell versus Chris Barnett. Yeah, same Rothwell. Court McGee versus Claudio Silva. This is one I've well, been going back and forth on. I'm going Claudio Silva. I, I'm not really doubting myself on this one. Uh, give me Court McGee. Okay. I've always, I've always been kind of a, a little bit of a fan of Court McGee. I was there Dang. the night he won the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, that was a very emotional speech that he gave when that that went down. Uh, Bruno Silva, Victor Rodriguez, Bruno Silva, yeah, Bruno Silva as well. Josh Cusabo and Shanan. I will go. Uh, I'll go Josh Kulabau. I will go with the same there. Uh, give me Yasmin Medeiros against Demir Havovich. Against Medeiros as well. And I will go Demir Ismagulov against Rafael Alves. Demir for me as well. All right, let's get uh, some couple of questions in here before we get out of here on this edition of the Strategy Show. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat. He's got his usual questions, so uh, let's just start off here. Top two cash. Top two cash. Um, let's think. Well, while you think I, about that, I will give you mine. Mine would be, and this is a cash, not GPP. So straight up cash, and these are ones that I've got the most confidence in. I think they're going to win. I will go Felicia Spencer, and God, why am I going to say Ben Rothwell? But I am. Okay, I'm going to go Carlos Sparza as a value play for cash. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a safe one. And then I will say, hmm, I do like Bruno Silva quite a bit. Uh, in terms of uh, GPP, um, you know, the easy route for me would say the main event, but I'll say Rob Font to, to give you a, the second one to me in terms of GPP. Um, I, I think I, I look Justin Toffa just because of the finishing ability. Yeah, I do like Justin Taffa. Um, I do like Rob Font. I think Bill Algio is extremely interesting. Extremely interesting, especially at his price point. Uh, in terms of MVP and champion, I think, look, everyone's going to be looking at that main event and a very good reason uh, of why that. If you do want to get a little different, Bill Algio, I think, is someone to be looking a little different on. Yeah, I, I think that he's a sneaky play. Um Ricardo is extremely tough, but I think that he can be broken at times. And I like the volume. I like the jujitsu. I, I do like Bill Algio quite a bit in that situation. Um, a guy that could be flying under the radar is like Yancey Medeiros for GPPs because of that submission ability. And we did see that glaring hole in Demir uh, Hadzovic's game. Yeah, I think when you're talking about inside the distance props, I think that's one fight to pay attention to. Maybe looking yeah. at taking a little bit of a under. Uh, in that one, uh, upsets and punts, I think we've kind of talked about that one throughout the show of, of some of the ones that you can look at. I mean, I think you got to look at Carlos Sparza. Uh, Jared Vandera, I think, is someone to, to pay attention to as potentially a punt play. Edmund Shabazi, and we, we labeled out uh, of why that is. Um, you know, potentially to go there, Yas Medeiros, another one to mention to. Uh, fate of the night and favorite candidates for fight of the night. Uh, in terms of fading, I wouldn't say I'm fading anything. I, I would say more of 
I think I will limit my exposure on the co-main event. See, I, I like Carla Esparza from a value perspective. I, I think that she makes roster construction pretty easy. Um, I would probably say, and it's not a fade, it might be just a slight uh, underweight approach would be Josh Kulabau just because he hasn't really gotten a victory within the UFC. Um, yeah, he looked like a dangerous striker, but his opponent has a clear path to to a grappling victory. Um, and it's just like a, a hefty price tag for a guy that really hasn't gotten a victory within the UFC. Yeah, it's uh, and then uh, in terms of fight tonight, to me, I will go with the main event as term of fight tonight. Yeah, I think the main event. I also, I'll say the Shabazi and Hermanson fight's a very, very sneaky fight. And Hermanson to go to kind of backtrack a little bit is one of my favorite GPP plays. Uh, Nick was asking about the twenty three dollars on Ismail Gulov over on Fanduel. We talked about ninety five hundred being a price. I mean, twenty three is still a big price tag as well. We've seen worse than that, though, haven't we, over on Fandle? I feel like that's like we see like 22, 21, occasional 23. I mean, I think that Ismagulov's going to completely outclass his opponent and work possibly towards a finish. So I think that the salary is justified. But the salary needs to be justified, and the rest of your lineup needs to come through for you in order to uh, get the raw points to to win. Uh, Nick was asked about Ismagulov or Bruno Silva. So you save two hundred dollars on DraftKings going to Bruno I think, Silva. I, yeah, I think Bruno Silva is in an easier matchup, and um, you know the the salary relief is definitely helpful. By the way, Pizza, they're in the Bellator bubble, a part of Bellator two fifty nine. Uh, his guy Nate Andrews. Have you seen the betting odds? He's a, he's a pretty sizable favorite in this one. I have. I haven't. I haven't uh, shared it with him though. I don't. You know what I mean? Like I've. I've been selective with what I've said, and you know what I mean? I know how it is on Fight Week, like, you know, and uh, it's just been a great experience. But I have seen the betting odds, and, um, you know, I'm excited for the entire fight. I'm happy that I was able to do this show with you guys and for you guys. Um, If you guys really appreciate our show, you missed me. Maybe you missed me. I don't know how you could miss me after last week, but maybe you do miss my face or my analysis. (laughs) Uh, just, Just hit the thumbs up for us. We do appreciate it. Jason and I will be here on Saturday. Um, Jason, I've been here at the Mohegan Sun Hotel for over a week because I was at a wedding and my girlfriend and I stayed in this hotel. So I literally haven't left. I've just been Mohegan Sun for over a week. I'm ready to go home, buddy. I am ready to go home. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I will tell you on the betting odds, uh, if, uh, you play the Chris Cyborg, by TKO prop, it's a uh, minus two fifteen right now. One book I've seen, uh, that's a, that's a prop I like. If you can find a prop, I don't know if it'll get posted, but there is one. Davon Franklin wins by knockout or TKO against Tower King. Oh that's one. God. He is a that's wrong. minus nine fifty betting favorite in that one. That's wrong, Jason. That is wrong. That is wrong. Just being honest, man. <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> I am a. I am not sharing anything about this card, um. But uh, I mean, I know. You, I know you, look, I, I know some people always want to hear some betting. I I looked at that. Uh, you know, it, frankly, you don't want to pay that minus nine fifty. So if you can find a prop uh, yeah. inside the distance, that's definitely one to pay attention to. There, um, some big favorites on Bellator. If you're looking to bet that bet that card, you know, Chris Cyborg, nearly a fifteen to one betting favorite. Oh uh, I mean, usually that's that how one. Bellator is, right? Like uh, the odds are more wide 
they, I mean, they, they're wider on Bellator than they are on the UFC more often than not. Yeah, sometimes you in those big props in those big lines, you got to find the prop bets to to limit mm-hmm. those odds a little bit there. But uh, good luck tomorrow night, Pete, uh, for your guide Thank meet you. there taking on Syed Awad. Of course, as Pete said, we'll be here on Saturday for UFC live before lock three p.m. Eastern time, leading you up to UFC Vegas number twenty seven. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Awesome MMA DFS Strategy Show. See y'all guys on Saturday, and good luck tonight on your DFS lineups. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.